I may pump, but I don't dump. Yeah. Well, it's meat now. It's meat is bad. So let's let's eat this um, 3D printed piece of soy, and everything will be okay. It's like for oh, there's some um, problems with that, such as soy causes raised levels of estrogen and also causes cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. cow farts, cow farts are bad. So eat it. Yeah. Eat the cancer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, the favorite exit exam ever. They had a website similar to Mars Genesis, really complex website. They raised like 20 million. Overnight, the website disappeared and it just said penis in the corner. <laughs> it was just so beautiful. So much, it just showed their utter contempt for everyone that invested in their project. And I'm like, that's it. That's shit coins in a nutshell. Fresh off the the B word conference, hot off the press, literally about five minutes ago. Elon, Jack Dorsey, Kathy Wood, all on stage, well, on a Zoom call at least, together, yeah. talking Bitcoin, ask some big questions. What what did you think? What's your gut reaction as you're coming straight onto this call? Oh well, uh, yeah, Jackie, sorry, Kathy and uh, and Kathy was strong as always. Um, Elon, I was just like, "This is your time, man. This is your time to to pull it back. Don't don't mess up. No memes." Uh, I think he missed it. And then uh, and then Jack Dorsey was just yeah, middle of the road. He was, you know, thinking of the bigger picture for the good of humankind as well, uh, which I genuinely believe that's you know his path and his calling. So yeah, it was good. Some strong questions as well. Yeah, because because weirdly, as much as we've heard so much off Elon and so much has been written, he's yeah. never actually discussed Bitcoin at length ever. Uh, he's yeah. literally just tweeted a couple of times, and every time Bitcoin's come up at conferences in the last ten years, he's done a passing comment that maybe he's a fan, but always just gone. I haven't really looked at it. I've, I I don't really own any, and just pretty much dismissed it. So this is the very very first time we actually heard gone then. Because anyone can be misread when they're tweeting, right? You, you never yeah, know. Absolutely. Seriously, him writing the tweets. Yeah. You think he is, but yeah. Yeah. And how much is a meme? Like we know Elon is a troll. He. That's what half the reason I like the guy is because he's so important and such a genius. But then also has this childish aspect to him and doesn't take himself seriously. And uh, it's like when he got introduced, he's not the CEO of Tesla anymore. He's the techno king of Tesla and SpaceX. And it's just funny like when he gets introduced as the techno king because yeah. you have to. That's his job title. But um, but yeah, it was really disappointing. I think he, he did double down on the energy stuff again. Yeah. And he doubled down on the transaction volume and said Bitcoin doesn't do enough and it will never essentially be um, good enough as a payments network for the world, at least on layer yeah. one. He at least learned the word lightning today. He mentioned that a couple of times. Um, but then I, I a fair play to the moderator because he actually questioned him on, at least on the energy stuff. It was hilarious because half an hour before we had a whole segment on energy and yeah. it said debunking the, the myth that Bitcoin is energy efficient and we completely debunked it. Obviously, Elon didn't see any of that, comes in and just spouts the, oh, it uses dirty coal. And then even he realized, oh, it doesn't anymore because the dirty coal came from China and China and mining's mm. banned there. 
So now it's over here. You can almost see the cogs turning like, shit, I wonder if Bitcoin's okay now. Um, and then, yeah, the moderator challenged him on, if we increase the transaction volume into the blockchain, it's going to centralize the network. Not as many nodes can be run. It's going to be, you know, cost thousands to have a node. Centralization of Bitcoin kills it if it's got a yeah. single attack vector. And he even he said, you know, you can't have a choke to throat. No, a throat to choke, <laughs> he said. And uh, so he got challenged on it and went, oh, no, but he just rambled on and then managed to weave in Dogecoin somehow. And, um, and then, but later on, he got asked about decentralization and how important it is. And then he went, oh, no, it's super important. And that's one of the good things about Bitcoin because governments mess up Bitcoin, uh, mess up the money. And we need to protect the people from yeah. one, of the, for one of the failures that have existed in money that we have now is governments mess it up. She's like, oh, right, you do get that bit. But then it almost sounds like you want to be the guy that calls the shots because on Dogecoin, that is you. You are literally doing it right now. You're talking to the three developers, telling them what to do. So I, I, I just think he's, it's such a mixed thing from him. I, do st I honestly, on where yeah. Elon is on this, I still have no... I mean, yeah, I'm more confused. Do you reckon maybe he doesn't get it or maybe he doesn't no, agree with the fact you've got the early adopters? No, I think he gets it because he sounded like he'd been doing a little bit of reading and he was like clued up about what's happening. And yeah, he definitely was on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt. And also, as well, it was, you know, I'm sure this will be one that's repeated. I may pump, but I don't dump. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely stuck in my mind. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think that was Elon just responding to everyone going, oh, he pumped Bitcoin to 60K. Yeah. Then he dumped it personally. And yeah. he went, just so you know, I have never dumped it. I haven't sold any. But yeah. yes. so he's, he's trying to clarify that. But he wanted to say it in a jokey kind of meme <laughs> way, didn't he? Maybe, yeah. maybe the energy concern is his vision of how to take it forwards. You know, maybe it is because sometimes you need to knock off all these concerns because we know the money laundering stuff's a pile of nonsense. And the um, buying drugs with it is nonsense because it's all tr traceable. Um, so <clears throat> maybe it's just getting rid of the last kind of a hurdle for mass adoption. M maybe that's it. I just don't know. You know, I've said before, maybe it's him playing 4D chess and we're sitting here like the plebs we are. Yeah, I think if you go back and watch it, it's it's live or it's uh, they've saved it there now. And I think he was just talking from the hip. I don't think there's any... Because I think behind a tweet, I could buy that type of deception and he's mm. saying one thing but meaning another. He got asked numerous times on the energy thing and he does think it's a problem. He actually did say, you know, Tesla is a company that their entire mission is to be energy efficient and not kill the planet and Bitcoin just uses a bit but, too much. But they battery. still do. Like, what is it? For the Libyan batteries, they're using child labour, they're using a really poisonous substance and there's some other um, metal or which they use, which is once again really, really bad. Yeah, he, he referenced that actually. He actually he actually said, "Oh yeah, one of the biggest problems with achieving Tesla's mission is the batteries. We have to make sure we can source the minerals and the metals ethically and responsibly." <laughs> you can't and source lithium ethically. You just throw it. You just he, <coughs> he slipped it into an answer. I noticed it because undoubtedly he's seen the Bitcoin guys going after him on exactly that point. So I think he just slipped it in there. And once he says it, it's like, "Oh, it's true now, right?" And who? Uh, we have to almost but trust him. Well, that's, that, that's what the government do, don't they? 
the government make up some nonsense and suddenly that's true. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, we all we all know it's a pile of nonsense. We know it's got problems, but you can see the way forward with Tesla. Whilst he may have pissed me off over the last month or so, you know, the whole journey and mission of Tesla is to take cars to, to another level off petrol, get rid of get rid of that addiction and run on something good, maybe solar power maybe work out how to get a better battery which doesn't pollute the earth and be worse than um, the entire life of, a, of another car. But uh, of we'll course, see. It's also got rockets and putting rockets into space as well. So you, how are you going yeah, to ethically it, put <laughs> fuel that? Well, billionaires put, post themselves into space so they can um, jack off over it. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, li- they literally fly up in a rocket shaped like a cock. Like you can't... <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. get any more male masculine ego there, can you? It's just touch himself in space and go back back down yeah. and drink some champagne. It is, it is literally like uh, what's it? Midlife crisis, getting a Porsche or whatever. It is literally that. That is their midlife crisis. They've gone to space, and now they can touch themselves for the rest of their life and say they've done it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, obviously it's ironic, isn't it? With um... Richard Branson doing it just over a week ago, and then now he's doing it. Well, as in uh, Jeff Bezos, just a, just what a few days ago, two days ago now. But yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. But I think I know yeah, I've seen a lot of sl- I've seen a lot of um, people slating them for doing it in the middle of this pandemic and massive well recession on on the cards. But I suppose ultimately it's their money, and it's not the government. It's not the government's money. But then again, I suppose there could be some sen- sensitivity done around it. So I'm kind of split on my opinion on that. Yeah, well, not being funny. We just had Wimbledon and the Euros with full stadiums, like firing up six guys in a space rocket. What's that? I don't, yeah, it's, it's one of yeah. those. I think it's pretty cool because it's probably the start of like space travel where they're going to start an industry, but they are going to piss away um, fossil fuels doing it the amount of pollution coming out of those millionaire or billionaire um, little travels up to, up to space. Yeah. In reality, it's, it doesn't matter. Like there's, there's plenty of fossil fuels on Earth. Like, humans are very resourceful. We'll be fine. All this, oh, yeah. it's, just a, it's just a weird smoke screen just for, again... Control. As with anything, exactly, yeah, control. Because it gives the government yet more reason to regulate, bring new laws in, to put mm. onto companies to go, oh, by the way, we're already controlling on this, this, and this. Now we're going to take a look at what your energy consumption is and start mandating that as well. Oh, and don't worry, here's three preferred suppliers. All oh, right, who owns them? Well, maybe me, but that's not nothing to do with it. Like, it's just so annoying. I mean, we're all in our mid-30s, right? And I can certainly remember... I was going to say it's getting late 30s now, don't I? <laughs> Um, I can remember going into like obviously primary school being taught about fossil fuels 30 years later and all the advancements that we've made since back then and it's still a finite resource and yeah of course well, it is but it's always known that the um <coughs> the oil companies buy these kind of renewable resources or whatever's been invented so they can get rid of it Mm. So it doesn't break their hold, but then you've got Elon coming along with his car, and that's their problem now. They can't touch Elon because he's too big, 
and he's the one who's broken through. But the amount of advancements which has probably been done before, which you'll never hear about, God knows how many. Yeah. Do you remember the the ozone layer? I remember doing so many geography projects on that. Do, do, do you remember Captain By now, Planet? we should all be bursting into flames because we had lynx cans and aerosols going up into the ozone, burning a huge hole. If you go under it, you burst into flames. Yeah. Do we hear anything about that anymore? Nope. Does everyone still use aerosols? Yep. Ozone layer was a big one, wasn't it? That was a pandemic back then, just a load of nonsense. Yeah. Don't you remember they had um, Captain Planet? They had a whole yeah. cartoon which they tried to brainwash us with. Yeah. Man, I was I was freaking terrified of that ozone layer back in the day. And then, <laughs> I'm quite, I'm quite surprised. Day, like, I, I haven't thought about the ozone layer for about seven years. What happened? <laughs> night, it turns yeah. out there's no hole anymore. I'm like, it's all right. How did we fix it? I keep getting told humans are damaging the planet. Somehow the ozone layer is fine now. I think there's weaker spots was it above Australia, New Zealand, but literally it, it, it regenerates as long as we're not doing something stupid. Yeah, but, but every single bit from the media says that we've only done worse. Like all the graphs yeah. go like straight up worse <laughs> angle. Yeah, but you yeah, can't sell you can't sell itself. Yeah, but you can't make a newspaper or media, whatever it is, website by just saying everything's good, everything's fine. You know, this is why they're so obsessed with pandemics. Once this finishes, what are they going to do? There's been no little girl going missing uh, yeah. last summer. They can't find the next Madeline McCann because it hasn't happened. Because it, she hasn't been on fucking holiday. No, I just love to get in front of one of these environmentalist climate change people and just go, what the fuck happened to the ozone layer? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's meat now. It's meat is bad. So let's, let's eat this um, 3D printed piece of soy and everything will be okay. It's like for... Are oh, there some um, problems with that, such as soy causes raised levels of estrogen and also causes cancer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, cow farts, cow farts are bad. So eat it, yeah. eat the cancer. <laughs> <laughs> eat the soy, which we don't know what it does to your body because there's no been long, no long-term studies. We'll do <laughs> it. Have, a, have an un untested vaccine as well. Anyway, we've got a completely tangent. <laughs> Comments in the bottom for anyone that watches what's happened to the ozone layer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what do, you reckon, do you reckon the one person who tries to shill um, shit coins through the chat through the um, podcast will comment on about the ozone? Might <laughs> <laughs> be like, oh I have ozone coin. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Um, we've got a bit of a tangent. So we have talked about um obviously Elon. And then we did have another one which kind of interlinks because we mentioned it, Sailor and the Mining Council. So yeah, yeah. I think yeah. this is one from you guys about do we fight it or do we play their game and make Bitcoin more green? Yeah, because that was that's essentially what the debate was, really, because what Sailor had, he had on Marty Bent. He's got a great podcast, uh, Tales of the Crypt. I don't know if you've ever listened to that. It's Marty yeah. Bent and uh, Matt O'Dell. They're two OG Bitcoiners. And uh, yeah, he's been openly quite critical of Sailor going, you know, you we're playing their game um, and essentially it's a game that you can't really win because if they're not being honest about the energy stuff and they don't really care and they know Bitcoin's fine, then no matter how much you debate it with facts, they're just going to dismiss it and go no, or they're going to move on to something else. So it's almost like a waste of energy. But Sailor was very much going, no, this this is the number one issue. We just need to set out our stall and answer their questions, be friendly, engage them in debate. And uh, and yeah, it, it was an interesting podcast. 
unfortunately, I think Sailor just talked way too much and didn't let Marty come in enough. But How dare you say something negative about Sailor? <laughs> <laughs> he's, your, he's your like your little fanboy. He's been in Bitcoin yeah. for less than a year. Jesus, it's, it's, sometimes it's it's crazy to realize. You're, 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 just being, you're, you're just being a jelly monster. <laughs> <laughs> I am jealous of Sailor's lifestyle. I'll have some of his yachts happen. Yeah. Um, so what's this one called? Tales from a Crypt? Yeah. Um, who's it by? I'm just looking on Amazon to add it to my list. Oh, this is so a podcast. It's a podcast. Oh, uh, no, there's just a few. So it's Tales from a Crypt, Paul Podcast, Tales from a Crypt, Crypt, Horror Rewind, Tales from a Crypt, The Wolf and the Shepherd. Yeah, it's a famous No, podcast, you're on Amazon out here, aren't you? That's not yeah, podcast. That's oh, no, does, no it's, it's got podcast section now on the music, so I can just oh, tag it in. They're, they're probably not on Amazon. They're, if you go to your podcast thing on Apple... It'll be there. Apple. Or yeah. Android, whichever one you use. <laughs> but um, but yeah, the, the a really good stat came out of it, which I thought was just worth reiterating. And the fact that the global usage of energy is 160,000 terawatts. Yeah. Bitcoin uses 100 terawatts. So that is 0.1%, just to put it into context. And the whole... I suppose it's a reasonable amount, but what I'd want to know for a comparison is what do banks, gold, and other monetary organizations you got in that big circle of crap, what do they all use? It must be absolutely horrendous. Their buildings, ATMs, producing gold, doing um, coins, doing notes. So I'd love to know what that figure is. Yeah, all the global mints put together and obviously the holding of the, the actual value, well, I say the value, the store value of the, the metals as well. It all adds up. Yeah. And I, th I think the whole reason why it was purely because, yeah, 0.1% isn't nothing. It's, it's still 0.1%. But it was just, if you measure the amount of press that's come out over the last, say, 12 months about what should we focus on to improve human usage of energy, Bitcoin has been probably 50% of it. Yet we're responsible for 0.1%. So even if you just ban Bitcoin tomorrow and all the miners just switch off, you've got 100 terawatt, terawatts back. You're still using 160,000. You literally, it's not even dented it. And Bitcoin has already been running for 12 years and is already doing transactions and trading billions every day. We're virtually at scale. This is it. This is, this is us. This is the energy we need. And even if you switched it off, the planet wouldn't notice. So what the fuck, guys? Like, why are we getting all the attention? It's very clearly not about saving the planet. It's more about killing Bitcoin because why do they want to kill Bitcoin? Because it affects their money. It's the money printer guys that, that are getting scared and they're just using things to pick at us. So even if we like went 90% um, even like further now on renewable energy, the planet wouldn't even notice it on all their little yeah. climate change graph. It wouldn't even change. The graph wouldn't even bend a single tiny bit. It's just such a non-argument. It's a joke. This is one where you needed to, uh, to maybe put it onto the PowerPoint, the old PowerPoint, maybe if you've got it later on, just to pull it up actually, or if you can find it on the screen to then share it. Because when I saw the graph, you know, it's obviously up here is the 160 versus the real minuscule, yeah, point zero one three or something like that. So yeah, it's it nothing. Yeah, actually, here's a question for you two, actually. This is this is a question that a lot of people get wrong. You guys are in, in being in for quite a while now, so see if you can get it. Been so, in for a while, God. Yeah. 
So we use 100 terawatts an hour now, and we currently do about 10,000 transactions. Not all of them are used. Uh, but let's just say we can scale Bitcoin and we do even we do start doing hundreds of thousands of transactions every 10 minutes. Does the energy usage of Bitcoin go up the more transactions that Bitcoin does? Depends what you're using because you've got things like Lightning and Lightning doesn't use anywhere near, near the amount, does it? Okay, so assume it's on the main chain. Loads more transactions are going through the main chain. I would say no. I'd just say it would be slower. So it would use the same energy, just slower. Yeah, it'd be, it's how many, you know, um, was it nodes are there to check the transactions? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Well done. You both got it. So essentially, because that's the biggest misconception, and literally politicians were in Congress the other day saying exactly Ooh. this. <laughs> passed the test. Yeah. Passed but, it. But, passed it. Because yeah, because all that all the, the the thing that uses energy in Bitcoin are the miners. They secure the network. So whether there's one transaction going through Bitcoin or a million today, it's still going to use its hundred terawatts because it needs the security. So if we suddenly so the transaction volume, so what they were trying to do is go, oh, Bitcoin does say a hundred thousand transactions a day today. Let's assume it goes to Visa and it's now doing 100 million transactions a day, the, that's 1,000 times the volume. Oh my God, they're going to be 1,000 times the energy. It's going to boil the oceans. No, you're fundamentally fucking wrong. We don't need that much energy. We can keep the same amount of energy and do more transactions. That's do you think it would drive any improvements? Because obviously it'd be a little bit slower. Obviously people would, well, I suppose people would use lightning, wouldn't they? So I'm answering my, my own question, but yeah. you know, if you want to put through, like I want to buy a car off you, I'd do it through the network, wouldn't I? So it's you know a little bit more security, it's checked properly. Whereas Lightning, if I want to buy a Mars bar or a pack of crisps off you, I'd use Lightning. You know, as yeah. we're using those test transactions, and I also got Mark to use um, last week as well. It's a big step for him if he was if he's listening. Yeah. Because. So, uh, yeah. Did you uh, did you get him to send some to you and vice versa? Yeah, he downloaded Blue Wallet and just had yeah. a look. He's like, oh, it's just you know, just like PayPal. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's got those things in the marketplace which I still haven't really looked at. Um, but I have been looking to see if I can get a print of some sort of Bitcoin art, which would be just a funny one. Mainly to piss off my wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I was looking at some of the games as well. Uh, I just don't want to waste my time. That's yeah. why I didn't want to go into that world because I thought, you know, you, you'll check it out. You want to play an hour, whereas I could be doing other shit. But I, I'm after some kind of, I like quite like the Bitcoin ball. If I can find um, like that one which you sent across, guys, if I can find a print of that, that, that'd be quite a good one for my office. Yeah. Have, have it in the backgrounds for um, clients to see. Yeah, no, you should definitely have some Bitcoin art behind you. You've got to be slightly careful what you upset. Like, I've got some Bitcoin art here. You don't want it too obvious because um, some people might come rob your house. You never know if you've got a dodgy customer on the line. But, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, but talking about Lightning, we do have something about Blue Wallet on the list. And they did yeah. actually just release their SDK, which is pretty big news. You know, as we know in the software industry, like, it's great having essentially your own product. But if you want your product to really go viral and like the, their wallet is great. I think describing it as PayPal is like the perfect description. It just kind of works a little bit of setup and then you're just away. It's just sending money around and it's just super easy. 
But just imagine that now that they've got the SDK, you can now put that into the back of other apps. And that suddenly has the potential. Mm. Now you don't even need to tell someone to download Blue Wallet. It might be in the back of a game or whatever you just happen to use. And you're just suddenly going to realize, what the hell? There's a lightning option here now. And I can just click that. Yeah. And um, that, that'll be revolutionary because like, straight away, I've already started looking into it for my app because obviously going through the app store, Apple take 30%. If I yeah. can accept Bitcoin and I don't have to go through the banks because the only way to accept money through the app store is you have to plug in through their money API. And so they want their 30%. If I can just put some links out, accept some sats directly, boom, I, I'm 30% up. Yeah. That could that be just big. reminded me actually as well, how are you uh, getting on with the translations? Because I've seen a lot of the translations for um, what's the name of the book? Uh, Laid Money. Oh, oh yeah. has he been doing that? Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's. I've seen. I think. I think I seen something like in Zulu or something like that, like the other day. So, well, yeah. if you look at um, Saifedean Amus, he's um, got it in all kinds of language. He's been, um, he's been doing that, and I think he's been doing it on the, um, the Fiat standard as well. Yeah. So he, he's been getting it everywhere. Like if you go on his website, his list is like this. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think to be fair, like especially with Saifedean, I know a lot of people from those countries just come forward and want to partner with him. And then yeah. they volunteer to go, look, no one can read it in my country, but I'll, I'll translate it for you. And that's what's happening. So, yeah, so that's what I'm trying to do. What I've realized is the guys in El Salvador, they're not too reliable on the mm-hmm. tech. <laughs> They've been a little bit wishy-washy. So after the first lesson, we got halfway through lesson two and then they just kind of stopped communicating. I've been tra- chasing them up. Yeah. So yeah, so unfortunately, I wanted to kind of do it with ground roots and just really make sure it isn't the right version of Spanish and stuff. But I've had to start looking at just doing it more formally with a company and, and paying them because unfortunately, I think I think they got all very enthusiastic at the beginning. I think they could took quite a lot of projects on and then they've either got bored or just gone on to other things because uh, they've... Yeah, they're not too responsive. So, mm. yeah. that's a shame. Well, if, if you should um, put out for donations or something on your Bitcoin to get it into other languages, maybe that's a way to do it. Yeah, there's, yeah. So it's, it's a good cause. You know, we've got, um, as we said, we want different media, we want different products out there which can spread the word. And I think that kind of leads quite nicely on to why does Bitcoin become an obsession that you have to learn everything? <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know what? Darnell's topic. Yeah, I thought about this because I was just like, what in the hell like, have I ever really, really wanted to know about? And you can just think about everything around us right now. You know, we drive cars, we work off laptops, and obviously we, uh, we look at our phones each day. I'm not trying to understand my mobile phone and all the various apps and how it all keeps up with everything, but Bitcoin, oh my gosh, it is like consumes my mind 24-7 in terms of, right, okay, I found this and, right, I need to know how this actually works. Even though it's so technical, I don't know how it works. I'm still trying to make, uh, uh, make some headway of how it works. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, it's just it's just mind-blowing. Um, I think it's more, and I think there's also the different areas of understanding, because there's the, um, what initially, I suppose, pe- uh, made my interest was technology, 
you know, mm. online money. It's kind of, oh, that's interesting. That was like 2017. Are you, are you, are you in it for the tech, Ross? Yeah, that was the 500 pounds. <laughs> I thought that, that's quite a good idea. I didn't get, but then you get into, well, um, what's the actual, so it's, so it's moving that tech into real world environments. So what benefit does it give? And that's when people do actually get into it. I mean, it's breaking down into those different layers, so lightning, taproot, and um, I suppose all the different terminology as well. So low and high time preference, what else you got in there? FUD, all, all the general Bitcoin language, mm. have, have fun staying poor. Um, yeah. And the technology, I think we only know the top layer of it. We don't understand how it really works deep down and we kind of leave that for, for the smarter people but we just need to know it does this and we need to know some kind of concept around it. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's, it's literally when I was watching that YouTube video of Andreas Antopoulos yeah. driving Bitcoin, for me, that was like Morpheus walking up to me and just giving me the option of the red or blue pill. And I grabbed the red one, I swallow it, and you realized, it was all, you realized it was orange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you wake up outside of the matrix and you just, you can look back and all those little weird things that were happening in the matrix, like deja vu, like all, all these things that didn't quite make sense. And you were always going to something isn't quite right. Something isn't quite right. And suddenly you get given the answer. It's like the you, money's fucked. That's do you think what... it was, it was instant onto everything? Or do you think it's been a gradual process? There was definitely like an on switch and then just for, then you just go. But like there was suddenly like it's like the curtain came down and then I suddenly saw that, oh, my God, the money's corrupt. And I just then you just start going, I want more, more, more. And that's what like you mean by this yeah. point. Like it becomes an obsession. You're like, oh, my God, if this is wrong, what about this? What about this? You start picking everything up and just verifying it. And then you suddenly realize, oh, my God, Bitcoin's a solution. This is the thing. There's not mm. a more important thing that has happened in our generation. It's probably, you know, you start looking at the history of money, you realize money only gets reinvented every 500 years into a completely new thing. And like, holy shit, we're like eight years into the next version. And I'm here. This is so lucky. Let's <laughs> get it all in. Let's verify this really is the next version. And I want to hear every smart person talk about it. I want to hear all the people slag it off. I want to hear their counterpoints. I want to see all the smart people counter it and that yeah and then i don't then, think we've had a proper counterpoint have we we had that one where there's a double transaction or so we thought but then it turned out not to be it's just that it hadn't been completed or something along those lines yeah well i think over the history of bitcoin there's been loads of genuine ones you know we we had mount gox we've we didn't have hardware mm. wallets we didn't have decent exchanges it was yeah the transactions were slow yeah we had an inflation bug in the first couple of years so there was some very, very real things that could have killed Bitcoin. Uh, and yeah, we've just evolved. And the, yeah, the risk profile has gone down and down and down. But there's still a huge amount to learn. And we're still, you know, we're not eight years in now. We're 12 years in, but 12 years into a 500-year cycle. And it's just super exciting. And, and I think ultimately, this isn't just an investment. This isn't like you finding, you discovering Elon Musk and going, oh my God, he's got this little company called Tesla. And I think it's going to go big. And because all that's going to happen is, yeah, it's going to be a fun journey. You're going to make a shit ton of money and he's going to make some brilliant cars. But it's exciting, but it's not like going to completely revolutionize the world. Bitcoin will for like the next well, 500 years. And it's just Bit exciting. So I picked off um, a tweet or a LinkedIn comment off Dan Held. 
and it was i can't remember what it was exactly but i've written my notes as it isn't just an investment it becomes a belief mm. and it is you know we all believe it's going to be the next iteration of money i think that's where it becomes very interesting because like you said it's you've realized that money's flawed you've realized that with flawed money we've got things such as extreme poverty because it's not fair we keep on inflating money away from people on minimum wage so we're like oh yeah you can have 10 pounds that living wage oh we're going to inflate by 20 percent this year you can't you can't buy as much as you thought you could so you're going to be fucked again um and it's basically looking for that fairer world less government fair wages no stupid government in- intervention about anything you know so stopping um them tracking money down actually letting people profit off what, what they're doing rather than just taking money off them saying oh no you owe me 40 percent, 50 percent, or you can't do that mm. and it's yeah. just it's just that world going forwards and it's just i'm hopeful that it happens in our lifetime but if yeah, it doesn't right. if if it doesn't i think it's gonna be a bad 40 years it's gonna be a really bad 40 years away which things are going yeah yeah, For me, both. I was kind of eased into it a little bit more from um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and his solution at the time, because the book's now 20 years old. And I was just looking whilst you were talking before, Gaz, like it is uh, the number one seller still, even after 20 years in personal financial investing uh, as on Amazon. And so I think it's around about 45 million copies sold Again, going back to our point of various different translational uh, translations into different languages and into different countries. And he kept on talking about, obviously, you can't rely on the government. Don't rely on the government. The government aren't going to do anything for you. And it's had lots of iterations from that book as well, in terms of, I think someone, um, one of them is something along the lines of who stole my cheese and like, Mm. um, also another one that's coming out with Jim Reichardt's is called the Ravens as well. So effectively the government is the, or are the Ravens stealing your money away. And that, coupled with them coming into Bitcoin and realizing the the aha moment and it all just came together for me and I was just like yeah right and I think what was your what was your first comment when I said read the Bitcoin standard oh no I'm, I'm in my property into property <laughs> well I'd already been into Bitcoin at the time um but I just hadn't gone big And then as I was going through the history of money and obviously everything that had gone along those lines, I was just like, what have I been doing wasting my time? (laughs) (laughs) Literally just. Yeah. Why couldn't I I have read this information 10 years ago and bought it and fuck all and and already be retired and then be preaching about Bitcoin? 100%. It's a, very, it's a very common path though it's a very because i think i came across like just educational content so i kind of got it almost before i bought i got i got it whereas mm. i think a lot of people they come for the gains and then they stay for the sound money and uh that's i think probably you know, your path there where hey, you come in you, you came in originally just because oh it's going to 10x isn't it so yeah, i want the 10x i want i want the 10x and it's completely fine but it's like i love i love people coming in like that anyway because i know if you come in and then actually start absorbing content, you ain't selling. Because you suddenly yeah. realize, why would I ever sell the soundest asset of, that we can possibly I think have? neither of us did, but both of us just had it sitting on um, on a wallet in wherever, like in our desk or something for the last <laughs> three years. 
collecting dust in the cold. Yeah, exactly. Winter. Mine was just <laughs> sitting there at like five hundred pounds, which you know went up. Um, what some like nine grand a coin or something when I bought, and it was just I didn't understand it. I just thought, oh, it's a, it's a magic internet money. That was literally my reasoning for buying it. It was a complete and utter gamble. Do you know another thing as well is I and I still do it now, and I catch myself thinking, oh, why are you doing it? Is to try and find and catch a flaw in it. So trying to think, okay, right, there's got to be something wrong with it. It can't be this good. Like, tell me what I'm missing. But today on the conference, uh, we talked about Lynn Alden as well. You can just tell Lynn is just super, super intelligent. She obviously owns Bitcoin herself, but as she talked about, she looks into other diversified cryptocurrencies that are out there, but advises on it uh, for institutional companies. And you just think like, you've done my homework 10 times over like why am I even bothering why am I trying but I'm still trying to find out like why wouldn't I go all in and go over and above your original quote mate uh Ross of 10 percent only 10 percent <laughs> only 10 percent only, only, only 20 percent for, 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 60% <laughs> well the thing is it's still yes, you may operate take the kidney uh, I, I've been thinking about like the all-in question about how much you actually go in, and I think this is risk profiles at the moment. If I was say single, ten years younger, I probably would have sold everything. I probably would put everything in, but because I've got if kids, you knew what a you know now. yeah, because I've got kids, a family, that my risk profiles a lot lower. Whereas like Gaz, like you, you kind of in the situation where relatively young, good job, and you just went this is what I believe in. I, I understand what, what this is going to do for us. So you basically went in as much as you could. Um, so a little bit jealous about that, but I just can't bring myself to go 100%. But I have gone significantly over 10%, which I was planning. So I think initially it was like, oh yeah, I'll put, I'll put a bit in. I mean, it's like, I'll put 10% in. I mean, it's just like, oh shit, I put way more than 10% in. <laughs> <clears throat> I still back myself and, it, and I'm kind of along the Michael Saylor line of, you know, it either looks like the best trade ever or it could be the worst trade ever and um, I'm happy to stand by it, whatever happens and you know we'll have all these podcasts to laugh back at like a carry on series <laughs> to think hey you thought this but ultimately I just think you know what like if it's if it's 10 grand 20 grand 50 grand 100 grand that I've put in so what I'll make it back or I'll live without it like I'll, you know, I'll just laugh at the memes. Well, this is it. You've got you've got enough conviction. You've done enough research. You probably research more than any investments which you hold, except yeah, for the company which you work for, which you know more about because obviously you worked for them for ten years. But it's that belief and knowing, and it's actually what's what's going to stop it. It's government intervention and adoption, and it's just getting around that. And we're watching the cracks are starting to appear. There's ludicrous rules coming in. There's ludicrous fines, ludicrous taxes, you know, things like poll tax, council tax. And then what was one which Labour proposed? Garden tax. You know, this is... Have you read The Sovereign Individual yet, Darnell? Uh, it's on the actual Audible list right now, as in I've started, uh, it's downloaded, and I need to be in that clear mind frame because oh, yeah. it's 19 it, it, hours, right? It's, so, it's hard going, really yeah. hard going. 
yeah. so it took me a while to listen to it but one of it talks about the the age of a church i can't remember what it's called exactly so it goes through those different time frames almost of money or kind of rule and mm. it starts talking about the latter end of a church have broke as shit and they're bringing out the most ludicrous rules which they can to raise money like you can only have sex on a tuesday and a friday unless you repent and give like x amount of money to the church per week and then you can have sex on a wednesday as well you know mm. they were doing stuff like that with the control of the church and i look at this now i'm thinking we got masks oh you want to go on holiday pcr test 200 pounds per person each way and that is the ludicrous test because we've established that currently, well, what appears that the death rate is similar back to flu. And that is based upon the current figures, not any kind of twist because the original stuff, we don't really know. And they're still going PCR test, 200 pounds a pop. And that is an example of a ludicrous ta mm. tax right now. And there'll be plenty more which they try as well after they made themselves um, semi-broke after... Um, spending so much money in the last year yeah i mean it seems like uh it sounds stupid but being taxed to breathe the air that we breathe but then if you think about the emissions tax in london and that continuing to rise up like once upon a time we used to be able to obviously drive in the center of london and then they put a, a charge on it oh what's it called it more it was and more it was called the um, well, what's it not traffic tax, but yeah, which begins with a C. Yeah, the congestion no, charge. Congestion charge. Yeah, but then that I'm sure will then go into other cities more and more, and then you actually think you are charging me to breathe the air and breathe clean air, or you know. But then we're moving into electric vehicles. So does that mean you're going to remove that charge? They'll put, black, they'll, they'll put a black box and they'll charge you per mileage. Yeah. That's how they'll get you. Because you think about, so we talked about this in early podcasts, you pay your um, tax, so you know, 40%, 50%, whatever it is. And then with that remaining money, you've got the national insurance, um, which is for NHS, so it's a tax. And then when you want to buy anything, you've got 20% VAT, so you want to buy a Mars bar. When you think about that Mars bar, how it's been made, it's being taxed all the way back, corporation tax, individual taxes with their NHS, with their VAT. So all, all this tax is coming to this Mars bar. And then also, oh, you want to make some money. You put some money into the, to the share market because you've got to retire. We're going to tax that with capital gains. So you think yeah. literally the amount of money, which is tax free, which is based around someone producing a product for you. You're literally talking like 10 pounds, 10 pence, maybe a little bit less out of the pound. That is how much, and it's just when you go to that, that is actually lucrous levels, and that relates back to the time of the church, how bad we've got, and we haven't even noticed we've got that bad. Absolutely, <clears throat> and I think that goes on to one of the other agenda points as well, which is the inflation. And you know, whilst we are, or <laughs> well, the Fed is just continuing to, to print money, and obviously, our uh, Central Bank of England is also printing more money and everything is going up in scale. It's actually really you know, killing the middle class, but then killing those of the lower class. And I, I really don't know how they are surviving or why they're not kind well, of 
piping up a little no, bit it, more. It, it's fine because I've been knocking on Jerome Powell's door saying we're getting poor. <laughs> yeah. So every, everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was an amazing yeah. quote because you're talking about Pomp's podcast, aren't you? And that, yeah, yeah. that clip. And yeah, he said two things, didn't he? He said he quoted that unemployment is 5.9% officially, yes. but it is significantly higher than that. Yes. So it, it, that's literally like when they go, inflation is officially 2 to 5%. But they know, and it's almost like, oh, and it's, it's like when they said, say the word officially after it, it means. We've bodged it to, to calm you down. <laughs> and the real number is like, oh, shit, I forgot I was in front of the cameras today. I thought I was in the back talking to my mates. That's when we go, oh, officially, employment unemployment is 5.9%. But yeah, me and you know it's 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> just like, wink, wink. But then he went out in front of the cameras and said it. And I, oh, shit, I shouldn't probably have said that out here. I'm not allowed. The word officially yeah. actually means bodged. And uh, yeah, and then for him to comment about, oh, inflation is bad. And then he actually got asked about it. And he went, well, I don't see any poor people knocking on my door saying inflation's bad. I'm like, are you joking? Like, have you seen your building? It's like worth a billion dollars and it's got big marble pillars. Yeah, it's back again. Once go go back to like the time of the church, whatever that's called, that time period. But, you know, their, their golden gates and golden like statues, golden crosses, while everyone's, got like um, the black death and they're sitting there in their golden palaces and it, yeah. it is exactly the same and it's just like there's so many um similarities it's just uncanny yeah. and it, it's, it, it's so easy to calm down the masses though isn't it because all you do is you give them nestimies and a bit of furlough uh and and then and, and then obviously the, the main thing you do you gotta throw them some snippets throw them some scraps and then in reality though what you do is divide and conquer so why do we think there's load like the massive, you know, race war that's going on right now? That's that's yeah. classic just distraction. Like just turn Sex. them on each other. Throw in fight, some sexism. Throw in some um, trans right as well. Let's throw yeah. in um, a weightlifter who's competed um, yeah. um, in the males and done quite well. We're going to throw them into female to piss everyone off as well. Let's stir it. Yeah, Let, let's make <laughs> sure. Like one of the three top stories every single day needs to be sexism racism transphobic something just yeah. get it up there because Pandemic, we know they, we know they're starting to notice this inflation thing so yeah. that can only be one of the stories the other two need to be infighting just to keep them distracted and it works it's like it's so disappointing to see how well it works yeah absolutely i've just talking given of, up at the noise <laughs> talking of inflation as well i've just put in our chat um that black rock have given all of their employees, so juniors and middle managers, an 8% pay rise because those guys know full well that inflation happens. You know, these are these are intelligent people. They're not employing plebs or normies. And so they have to 100% increase the living wage or their wage. And it's there you go. Just, just amazing to see. Because and, that, and that'll be on top of their normal pay rises, won't it? Exactly. Yeah. Just a flat one. There you go. 8% everybody. So to the point of, okay, they might not necessarily know what it is uh, in terms of um, inflation. Well, we'll, we'll take a guess that it's 8%. So it'll, you know, I think um, cover you tr- and then a little tr- bit more. Yeah, trickle down. It might actually be around that right 
because I think the UK printed somewhere about 12, 13% and we used to talk about the trickle down impact is mm. usually a couple percent lower. Well, that's, that's one of the theories which Gaz is probably going to disagree with. But well, yeah. you know, in the US, we know it's mid 20s. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? It's, it's all about, because there's two things with inflation. There's one, which is, did you inflate the monetary supply? And if, because that's the thing, if there was 10 cars and they've all got a value because they're rare, but then I just print another 10 cars, they've halved in value. And that's the way money ultimately should work. So if you print 25% more money, then the supply has gone up. But really the way you should track inflation is how, how does it actually affect the products? And yeah, depending on where the money went, not all of that 25% ends up in your basket of goods. Maybe a load of it ends up in sports cars or like luxury cruise liners. So yeah, the normie people don't get hit by that bit. But, but by and large, the majority of it, and, and ultimately it's your, your wages and your savings, they have been devalued. Uh, it's just the things you buy might not all go up by 25%. But, 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 the, but the stock markets had record increases <laughs> yeah. and, and that's that's correct if you get your if you get your money into the stock market absolutely because where does all that printed money go from the rich it goes into the stock market so that is the way to beat inflation that's the typical way if you can't beat them join them so you yeah. just join the stock market the good thing is now we have bitcoin we've actually got an option to beat them you can actually buy bitcoin instead instead of just supporting the corrupt game i, I remember doing it when i first found out that the stock market always goes up once i realized the monetary supply was fucked and they just keep printing more money. I went, oh my God, the way to beat inflation is just to buy the biggest stocks there are because those com those the big companies at the top, the Apples, the Googles, the Microsofts, they sell the majority like, of goods and they just like you, all you the money. Lever. So that's one like um, when yeah. we do eventually have our little crash, I'm going to buy a stock like Unilever. I'm going to put money yeah. into things like that because you buy fucking everything from it. I think they own, um, was it like soap and chicken and gloves mm, yeah. and bloody everything so you know just throw into one of those companies i've got amazon stocks for the same reason everyone buys off amazon they went down a bit but i went you know what in five years time they'll be level with inflation i yeah. held unilever for a number of years until i just yeah sold everything the only stock i own now is uh, our companies and then bitcoin really uh, oh and a bit of ether of course my original state but the, yeah they're the only three yeah because yeah. i i was going to move on to the the time preference stuff because i i realized i i because obviously i i think a lot of people when they when they're growing up like you have a relatively high time preference where you just you get your money you want to spend it you want to yeah. you're working hard and you want to see your rewards but then once you start to get educated, you realize this type of stuff is happening. But I don't think this is the one of the things that I didn't get. I didn't get why, but no. I just knew that spending all my money today isn't smart. You do need to save for the future, but then just saving it wasn't good enough because mm -hmm. there was no percentages. And it just didn't feel like that was going to be meaningful. And I knew that if I managed to save like 10, 20 grand and went, oh, that's going to be great. I have it ready for myself when I'm 60. I knew in my head, that was going to be worthless by the time I got there. So just saving was not enough. You then had to go the next step and go, I also need to figure out investing. Like shit, saving is yeah. hard enough. Now I need to become a pro investor. And people do this for a freaking career. And I've got yeah. to do this on the side. This is, this is going to be tough. But then, but then yeah, eventually you, 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 know, you find yeah. Bitcoin and you realize that 
and, and, and once I realized that the money was all wrong, I realized I'll oh, just invest in the top five companies in the world. That's my, my day, that's my day-to-day savings. And then the majority of my net worth is in, is in Bitcoin. And uh, that's just the way that I've managed to control my time preference even more myself. Like I, like literally today, I took my car in for a flat tire. Turns out all four tires were fucked. Uh, the alignment was all gone. They went, they went 800 quid. We'll fix the lot. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Uh, and basically that evaporated my available cash by and large. And now my day-to-day money is in Amazon stock, which <laughs> is, is doing great. This over the last 12 months, it's up, it's up 50%. Uh, I'm just having a quick look at it now because I bought and it went down as, like, oh fuck. But anyway, you know what? Five years time, it'll be fine. But it's flying. The stock market's flying again. So some of my investments are just shot lights up. But same as you. So we spoke about it. And I just I don't want cash. I want as minimal cash as I can. I have still got a lump of cash. But I put a decent chunk of it into Amazon as well. But it, I literally use it as a way of hiding my money from myself. Because mm. it's a pain in the ass. So it's just, I, it's, it's almost better than having it in cash. Because... I have it in my Amazon stock, so that just ticks up. I, all I want it to do is do about 20% a year because I, I think it's just beating inflation. It's doing 50% a year at the moment, so brilliant. Keep outperforming it. But when I need that money, I have to go sell it, then wait for it to hit my bank account, then buy the thing. So unless it's tires that I freaking need my car to drive, <laughs> it's very hard for me to spend money. And I, it hurt me spending this 800 pounds because I'm like, shit, I'm probably have to sell some Amazon stock to like rejuggle and have a bit of money in the account just so I can freaking do something next week. But literally, I, I can easily afford this type of stuff, but I hide my money from myself because yeah. even though I'm very low time preference anyway, I make myself even lower by hiding my money from myself. And also yeah. 10xing on the Revolut app. Mm, that's handy, yeah. That, that's a painful one because I've always had excess money left in my account because once again, low time preference, which I'll then save, invest, whatever. Oh, I do want something eventually, I can buy that. But now I don't have available cash because I'm doing dollar average um, into Bitcoin. And then additionally, I'm getting my money taken off me to go into my um, into my vault as well. Mm. It's interesting you talk about this, actually. So just one of the points that you mentioned before, Gaz, when, you know, when you were talking about saving and then thinking, okay, this is all right, but it's not actually going to be okay to get me where I need to get into. And and I don't blame anyone when they come to this. It's the fact that it's difficult and the perception of investing is difficult where people just switch off. So you've got that mental hurdle because funnily enough, uh, the third book in personal financial uh, wealth and investments on the Amazon list is uh, the psychology of money in terms of like the number three book that's out there is that that's that hurdle that you have to get over of right I'm going to have to go to work and even though I'm tired I'm then going to have to learn something else and it's it's learn something else. I'm going to have to suppress my high time preference. I want to go and buy something and kind of think, no, wait, save it, you know, do something else. And then you finally get to the point where, as you said, right, just invest in the top five stocks and then just do that. But then sometimes they're not, you know, as quick as always, you know, back in the day, things weren't going up like they're going up right now. So, 
you need to think of something else and all of these things and if you've not got good people around you or you've not got a really good understanding or you've not really got a big or a large chunk of money to then put away to the side it just makes you think ah, oh, what the hell let's just go get a takeaway and forget it yeah. <laughs> all together absolutely yeah and, and you, you're spot on actually because essentially like my requirements for my investing has changed which is mm. why i have my bitcoin and then i have my cash so I'm not looking for Amazon to 10x. Back when I started this, when I was 21, you got 200 pounds. There's no point yeah. me putting that into Amazon. Correct. Number one, I can't buy a share of Amazon. One share of Amazon's two and a half grand. So back in the day, you had to buy a whole share. On Revolut and Robinhood now, I think you can buy like five pound worth of Amazon. So the game's changed a little bit. But, but yeah, back in the day when I had just a couple of grand, like what was our group about? It was about trying to find companies like ours they were going to 10x over five years because we only had a couple of grand to play with. We were relatively you know, poor. We'd managed to save maybe a month's wages or something. And we're like, right, let's just freaking try and start a bank roll off. Let's get this one grand into 10 and then try and get it from 10 into 100. And it's fucking hard like because you're, you're playing a professional game where the biggest hitters in the land are playing. You're doing it on the side. When you come home tired at night, with your hard-earned money, you grab it and you put your couple of grand into the market and bang, you get a 30% dip and you're like, it, it hurts so much. Like the, the, I always think like the, the biggest like pains I ever felt in investing was the smallest amounts of money because they me meant so much to me. Yeah, right. I, I could literally almost remember each hour I worked for each of those like 10 pounds that the price came down. Now I have fluctuations that are fucking crazy, but it's just, nah, whatever. Money's just freaking a myth anyway. Like it doesn't even oh, matter. Yeah. You, you know, you know, after three to five years, it's going to go up. So why are you panicking? You're not going to make the loss. It's going to track inflation. Like all those little they dips. So they're, much they're, more back then. They're just they really, noise. Really did. Yeah, we didn't understand it, but it's like yeah. setting your money for three years if a company's good and it will go up. And if it's good, you'll see companies fall away and that one will go, go a bit more than inflation. And yeah. that's literally just how to play it. Just believe in what you're investing. Don't be impatient like we were when we were playing about with it. But right. also with that kind I'll, of... If investing doesn't feel like investing unless you're moving in and out. Yeah, and then but, you yeah. suddenly realise, even with shares, just hodl. It's not even a Bitcoin what? meme. It's a shares meme as well. Just hodl. Yeah. What I've read yeah. about... Um, oh, what's his bloody name? Um... The big investor side completely has a mind blank now. Warren Buffett. Yeah, Warren Buffett is most of his success is down to early investing in Apple. So literally, he just hodled on Apple shares. And Although that's he came he, into it late. Yeah, yeah but he that's later than he, he could have or yeah, he's, should he's have. A, yeah, he's a late adopter to that one. I think it's like the banks and Coca Cola as he made all his money. Yeah. But I mean, no, sorry. I mean, now airlines. the last 15 years when yeah. he hasn't been performing very well against SP. Apple's mm. been dragging his ass. Yeah. Yeah. So it's having yeah, a big yeah. stock like that and holding. And that's yeah. probably the best advice if you're going to look at stock is just buy top five, like you said, and stick with it three to five years. Don't mess around. Um, don't try and play the market. Just agree to three to five years and then pull it out if you can make use of that money after three to five years. The problem is, though, when you're again, when you're, because, you know, when you work in a job, doing nothing hurts like it just doesn't feel like you're moving anywhere and if again you're working on those smaller amounts um it again feels like oh what's the point in all put, of put, this? Put in money monthly you yeah. know I, I just think like 
I know you've got small amounts, but I think to get a financial education, you've got to start at that. And you can use yeah. Revolut, you can use Robin Hood. Don't use Robin Hood, use Revolut <laughs> after what yeah. they did to their customers. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, going with partial shares and just putting what you can every month or just buy Bitcoin. Yeah, again, though, I guess it's available now and we can talk from a, a place of experience but once upon a time these things weren't there to your point guys you were having to certainly buy everything you know in bulk and and you wanted to and even the ability to buy international shares yeah. was really difficult i remember we talked about it many a time where do i go like what app do i use what website do i use and then, oh my God, they're going to kill me on fees. And how do I know I can trust? Or like, it was so difficult. I mean, I think I looked at Hargreaves Lansdowne quite a lot, uh, Interactive Investor uh, as, an, as an app. And then the Giro came around and that was really good because it was relatively simple, um, very low fees. And then it got superseded by Revolut as well. Even though I've not used Revolut, uh, for the purchasing of stuff. See, that's, that's what I use for basing my money, you mm -hmm. know, so the Amazon one, so it's good. It's it's easy to monitor and, yeah. it's, and it's sitting there. Yeah. Um, we're talking about time preference and mm -hmm. I think we kind of hinted at it around your takeaways, your coffee and so on. Yeah. And I don't think any of us have really had ever had a high time preference. So I don't remember any of us really being that flamboyant with money. It's like none of us would turn out every turn up every day with a Starbucks in our hand into the office before we got into Bitcoin. We just, yeah. I think, you know, for me, I basically hoarded money. I went, oh yeah, this will be good for a rainy day or whatever. And it's just like you kind of going, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> and it was like a rural type. That's why. Yeah, that realization <laughs> of basically I was hoarding money and like I was killing myself because it was devaluing by at least five percent every year. Yeah. Yeah. And it got ridiculous. And so, like, now I don't hoard, but you have to have your rainy day money, especially yeah. when you've got a family um, yeah. and you own your property. I, I think I always knew, like, it's like the, the board game, the game of life. There's, I just knew there's a scoreboard up there, and it was it's a monetary one. And once you kind of max out the money, you get, you get the life you want. So I was quite focused on it, so I was always kind of storing it. So from a very young age, I was building businesses, and trying to just go, I know the day job isn't going to pay off. Like, I, I know if I work a career, by the time I'm in my mid-30s, 40s, I'll be earning good whack because I'm going to work hard. But I want to do it in my 20s. And no one's going to pay me to be a director when I'm 23. So you've got to just set up your own company. This is what I'd say to people. Like, you either need to go the company route because investing isn't really going to work out that well for you when, you're, when you've got no money, right? So you can, start, you can start your journey. You start stacking, you're DCAing. But... It's a five to 10 year journey until that becomes meaningful. So the only way to make your investing more meaningful, because the money needs to go in there ultimately, yeah. but you need, to, you need to find a different source of income. And that's where working will only get you so far. So you need to either think, do you have a business idea? Can you get on Instagram? Can you do advertise something? Can you set up a business? Can you do anything? Like the whole internet, you're connected to 7 billion people just by opening up your laptop, find something to sell them. Um, or go get a second job, go, especially now with all the gig economy, go and sign up for Uber, go and do Deliveroo, get some exercise on your bike and deliver some takeaways of an evening. 
And then if you invested every single penny of that and did that for five years, you'd probably be out of the game 10 years earlier than you would. So that's earned you 10 years for five years of evening cycling around town. So there's multiple ways of doing it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll always talk about him and, uh, you know, Jack Dorsey, we were talking about previously before, but but Jack and Jay-Z are obviously good friends these days, but from Jay-Z's first album, uh, Reasonable Doubt, one of the big hits off there was uh, You Can't Knock the Hustle. And it is all about that hustle. You talk about those, uh, you know, that, that side job or something else, you need, need, need this. But that isn't, you know, it isn't drummed into people. It, it's just like, yeah, you know, one job, one house, pension, married, etc. that's it. And it's like, no, if you can, with your mindset, if you can start that off from the very beginning, which is fantastic, you know, I'm entering this for a purpose, for a bigger purpose. And again, that's what I really found that I got from uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, when he talked about the fact that he'd worked at Xerox and had those various different roles, but it was all for a purpose and to get up. Um, just going back on one thing as well, which I, I'm, I'm still not I'm still not clear on or mega, mega clear on because we were talking about cash, is the likes of Apple and Warren Buffett hold lots and lots of cash. And we know, obviously, that cash is uh, devaluing each year, but why are they doing it? Like, you know, I just think for Warren Buffett, it's, it's business of buying shares and stocks, isn't it? And mm. Apple's probably buying tech and silencing people. Mm. But yeah. they just continue to hold and hoard that cash. Yeah, it, it is bizarre. And I, I think some of it is government intervention, personally. Because I think if you're a smaller company, because like, yeah, because I think Apple own a hundred billion dollars worth of cash just on the balance sheet. Yeah, it's it, it is completely ridiculous. That that is <laughs> yeah, that's, it's a ridiculous amount. It's it's more money than I think like ninety percent of countries. It's because they make so much fucking money. Yeah, well, they, they, the thing is that they're, they're genius. Is they obviously they've got the most expensive phone, but they make thirty percent of every app. The entire internet is in their fucking app store, and they take a thirty yeah. percent cut. Of every single business just for being there. It's what what do Google do on theirs? Uh they take 20. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, it but yeah, it is it is a very interesting question, which is why like the, the Bitcoin Twitter guys tried to spread the the false rumor the other day that Apple are buying Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Because if they did, it'd be freaking whoa. Like they wouldn't just buy a couple of million. <laughs> They might as well buy 10, 20, 30 billion just to make it worth their while. So that would send the price of Bitcoin through the freaking roof if Apple even decided, like considered uh, buying some Bitcoin with the, the stuff they've got on the on their balance sheet. But yeah, I do think um, it is the US, the US government. I do think they have put quite a big hold on some of the biggest holders of US dollar. And I think they purposely go, you're almost keeping the value of our dollar up by just holding it and keeping it out of circulation. So I've I've heard some like on some financial forecasts that apparently Apple do get paid to keep that money on the balance sheet through oh, okay. some weird subsidies. It's a it's a, I don't know how like true it was, but it did seem that they they get paid X billion 
to keep it there, which keeps them ahead of, ahead of inflation. So they so do, um, they don't pay as much tax as they should in the US. I know that. No, yeah, well, the headquarters, the headquarters in Ireland. That's how bullshit mm. that is. Oh, is it? Oh, god, one of them. There's a few companies who are exactly the same. Okay, so in 2020, Apple's cash reserves was the highest at 191 billion. However, it was a drop of 6.83 percent from 205 billion in 2019. So wow. that is just that in cash, obviously not their actual shares. Uh, Alphabet, aka Google, um, 132 billion in 2022. There's um, just no reason, you know. There's literally no reason for this. Like Apple could, um, you know, charge a lot less for their iPhone. Yeah, like, they don't care about the consumer, and it's but everyone thinks that they care about me. I love Apple. Because usually, Amazon's what companies would do, like the, the easiest yeah. thing to do, the, the easiest thing to do with the cash on your balance sheet is to buy your own shares. Correct. Yeah. That's what most companies do, and it's been called out. Like the banks have been doing it for years. They, they, they take your money, then they buy their shares with it that they own. They pump it and then they dump it. It's just hold on, that wasn't your money to start with. <laughs> but at least with Apple, and like it kind of is. But it's yeah. it's almost falsely pumping the share price because. You shouldn't really let companies buy their own shares because, well, it's not legit. Like they've got the profit. They should reinvest the profit in the business. If they just buy stock in themselves, they can double their share price, but it went up purely because they brought their own stock. So, yeah. but yeah, it's bizarre because Apple could easily pump their own stock by 200 billion there. That's, that's a 20% pump just overnight. There you go. Yeah. Boom. Why don't they do it? Yeah, I don't know why. It's just... I think it's, I honestly do think it's a bit of a, it's a, they're like the perfect kind of like poster children for the US government mm. to go, look how exporting our dollars are. They don't hold gold on their balance sheet. They hold dollars because dollars are the best store value in the world. Mm. And they get various kickbacks around the side to go, hold on, we're freaking losing 10% a year here. What we do, we get out of this. And they're like, don't worry, don't worry. We'll let you freaking do X, Y, Z. And so. But you're right, actually, just thinking about it out loud, the, the holding of the cash, are they getting that back in some form of taxes that they're saving somewhere else? So even the devaluation is coming back to them. Yeah, it's either the carrot or the stick because yeah. the government could go, well, hold on, you better hold that. And if you don't, we're going to shut you down and split you up as bit for being a monopoly. Mm. So they're like, oh, 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 okay, okay, we won't touch it. So there's, there's, there's both angles there. They're either getting paid to do it or they're being threatened to make sure they do it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I touched on it before because you wanted to ask a question, didn't you? Yeah. About um, can you become a wealthy employee? That's the one. That it depends how one. high up you are. <laughs> but the fact is, you know, you look at anyone who's got a good job. So if you pick out someone like a footballer, they don't just keep their money in, in cash, do they? They gamble and snort it. Well, I mean... <laughs> that was in the talk, 90s. That was in the 90s. Sorry. I was going to say, talking about the footballers, literally in the last 10 years, properties, horses, um, and, well, various investments, companies, properties abroad. You know, you look at them now, I mean, and like Robbie Fowler and Steve McMahon were literally the prototype. They didn't keep cash. They bought shitloads of property, and they also bought horses. And that's mm. what footballers do now is they buy shitloads of property or buy into businesses what about the average person though 
Yeah, let's keep it real. Let's well, the average person average would say, is... What's the average wage? 28 grand or something like that. Yeah, can you become wealthy on 28 grand a year? Yeah, well, you'd have to be lucky with, with investments, that's the only way to get. But this is it. I, I keep on coming back to investments or you know, uh, putting money into stocks of or, or you know, becoming an employee. Uh, sorry, a shareholder uh, and so on in the company. Um, but can you do it any other way? Uh, and I, I can't sell, dr- sell drugs, have multiple jobs, burn yourself out. You know, literally, like you stuff because you think at 30 grand or 28 grand, whatever it was, what are you going to see after tax? 22, something like yeah. that. And then you've got rent or mortgage, which is probably going to be about seven, eight grand a year. You're shopping, throw that in there, and then you close, fuel, all the other various bits. It, it doesn't leave with a lot for a person to even save. You know, you're talking like maybe a couple of grand if they're quite um, strict on what they buy. And to put that over a, um, a 45-year career, and there's not a lot of savings there outside of their, their mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got a CEO and, you know, I'm sure some of them are being paid, you know, big bucks with in order to hold that position. But again, that's, that's a long time waiting, but it's not the average person, is it? Um, And what's it going to be one out of a thousand people or so? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because I think, and you know, this is my thinking of the whole podcast is that we're talking to people that are working average jobs um, and trying to help them to get to where they want to be and would like to be. And obviously having that freedom, which as we know, Bitcoin gives you and the, the lack of control of self without control on them. And, uh, and using our own experiences because none of us had any of that guidance to get to where we are right now and hopefully fast forward them so that they don't have to go through the mistakes that we went through as well and on that one in particular i really don't know the answer other than you know investing whether it's uh, you know yes yeah, selling something investing in property uh, putting it into shares stocks and shares i, I can't think of anything else yeah, I think it, fundamentally it's the hustle. Like if, if you are on that average wage and there isn't a huge amount of like lift upwards in the career that mm. you're in and you can't double or triple or quadruple your wage because that's what you need to become wealthy yeah. in a company. You need to get to six figures. Like There's no cutting through it really. To be wealthy in the UK at the least, 100K a year and above that, now you, you, you enter a new, new kind of atmosphere and suddenly you start looking around at your shopping and stuff and go, Oh, everything's mispriced. This is easy now. That's mm. so that's what you need to get to. But to get to there, I reckon there's probably 20% of people get to that point, and then only 5% of people get from 100k to the seven figures into the million pound kind of zone per year where you're CEO type level. So for the 80% that are left struggling, you're never going to become wealthy, you're never going to retire before the age of 65 if you don't do anything, if you just keep going. You're going to be 65 and you have to be relying on government handouts that you hope are going to be there. So you just have to do something else. You have to either work a second job well, or you have to set up a business. 
or you're going to retire. You, don't, you can work it for as long as you want. You'd have to retire at 65. That's the answer. Work till you die. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, that's a good point, actually, because probably a big thing I would say is don't leverage yourself with debt. I never did that. So uh, the, the debt thing puts a lot of pressure on you to earn a certain amount of money every month. If you don't take on debt, it releases it. So get your standard of living up to a point and then stop it. Like, I'm still living at the same cost per month as I did when I was 25. That That's is really basically my, my biggest secret was that. Because once I started earning more money, I did not raise my lifestyle. I saved every single thing and I started setting up businesses, investing. Most of it went up in flames, but I knew I was trying. And it was it releasing that part of my brain that went, I am not fucking here till I'm 65. I need to be trying. I'd rather try and fail than fail to try. And yeah. eventually I found the thing and it just so happened, you know, this is, and this is another thing for people listening is money only gets reinvented every 500 years. We're 12 years in, we're right here. So all you got to do really to actually be financially free within a decade, just DCA into Bitcoin for 10 years and you'll be yeah. done. The cheat code is as easy as it could ever be right now. Don't bother with stocks. Don't bother with saving. Don't worry about property. Don't worry about setting up a business. Just DCA into Bitcoin. It's fucking yeah. easy. Well, yeah. I mentioned the church earlier, but I just had a thought about the Roman times and how ludicrous it got in that. So once again, sovereign individual, they were literally the emperor. So similar to you, what's it, unique, universal... What's the, is it UBI, which I want to, which are calling it, where basically just give people X amount of money per month? Oh, yeah, UBI, yeah. yeah. So, Roman times, literally, the people stopped working the fields because the emperor, whatever hell he was, was giving away free food so people didn't have to work. So, literally, that's how ridiculous mm. it got towards the end of the Roman Empire, on top of all the coin clipping. So, that was our way of inflation, was you have to give your coins to officials. And they clip bits out of it so it is different weight. And literally, that is, we run through it every 500 years. The same thing happens again and again. It's just that a different take. So currently, we're getting taxed a fuck. They're inflating everything. Roman times, they were coin clipping. And then they start giving the equivalent of UBI um, in order to get people's favour so they didn't revolt against the emperor. Everyone ended up diseased and piss, and piss poor because of it and then the roman empire collapsed yeah again yeah you become yeah and it's always you end with gluttony don't you you end with fat lazy people at the end it's it's quite ironic that you'd think you'd end in starvation and stuff and you'd see the disaster coming but bizarrely it's the opposite everyone is not barely working governments are doing everything they're paying people free money and everyone's worried about stupid shit about what their neighbors are doing not progressing and doing their own thing and when you look at how we are as a society right now when you consider what the main issues are on the headlines and all this woke stuff about who's got freaking what pubes and what toilet needs to go where like this is the kind of shit we're worried about when yeah. the money supply is inflating by 25 percent a year it's like we've got some real issues to sort out here guys don't worry about what toilet you're pissing in this is big shit and uh yeah it's, it's you can almost see that the fall coming but the good thing is we're not in the Roman Empire. We've jumped to the next thing. So whoever came after the Romans, I don't know who it was, but we're already in that tribe because we're in yeah. the Bitcoin. We're on, we're on the life raft, sailing away from the Romans going, that's about to burn down. Fuck that. Get on the Bitcoin boat and get off here. <laughs> I just want to come back to what you said, um, guys, because 
it's a it's called Parkinson's law actually, and it's like the inflation of time and money. So let's say you've got a job, and uh, the job is going to take seven days. People will typically make it last seven days, mm. uh, as opposed to trying to make it five. And equally, it's the same with regards to money as well. So I'm very, very much like you. Um, in terms of I knew how much I needed to get by and then kind of made a wedge in between like any commissions that I got and everything else. So I just continued to this day. That's my base that I need. Squirrel everything and anything extra on top of it. Someone says nothing, but even though I kind of always save because of money away into a share save scheme and into pension and straight away it goes out there and then from there I live you've got to got to drive a wedge in between your outgoings and obviously your and, and everything else so as soon as you do that and you don't continue to rise as you get paid more that's when you'll actually start to really make a difference and and grow well, people do come up with these bad habits because they deserve it. Yeah, yeah, so start yeah. Starbucks coffee every day. So you work that out. So what is it, a five or a cup? I don't know because I never buy it. Then you get that five times a week, £25 a week. Over a year, that's £2,500. Yeah. You know, so you think about typical things, phone contracts, I need the newest phone, £60 a month, whatever it is now. Yeah. Rather than whatever. I bought my phone three or four years ago. Um, I'm on, I think, £10 a month or £8 a month contract. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's actually it. Like, I've, I think with you, I've kind of, and similar to Gaz, my kind of lifestyle ended at a certain age where I just went, I don't need anymore. Is it going to make me happy? No. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get a buzz out of it for the first 10 minutes. I'll just be like, what the fuck was the point in that? So it is yeah. siphoning money. Any wages, wage increases, I've kind of gone into investments. When my shoot loan got paid off, I didn't see any of it because I literally went, oh, yeah, that's X mark per month. That's going to go straight into this. Mm. So I've never, ever seen that. I don't think I've seen a wage increase for I don't know how long because it's just gone elsewhere. Yeah. Because well, yeah. what, what, what I always used to equate it to is, it, is this the whole time preference thing again? It was if I don't spend it now, it means I can spend it later and it'll be worth 10 times more. So I am buying time. I'm buying my way out of this company. That was always my objective. I never had like a thing that I wanted. I always had, I wanted to retire at 30. That was my thing. I was 100% focused on that. And the day that I hit 30 and was still in work was one of the worst days of my life. I was so down when I had to go back to work after my 30th birthday, I had a massive blowout and I hadn't done it. And I wasn't even close. I was still like miles away from it. My, oh my God, I was really depressed. And then, yeah, then you, I did it five years later but that was all I wanted. I wanted my life. I didn't did want the Lambo. The, I didn't the want the big house. 30. Who did What's you that? know though? Who did you know had actually legitimately retired at 30? No one. Because exactly. It's, a, it's an ambitious goal yeah. to, to set in the first place. And so there wasn't necessarily like a, a precedent or you were kind of like, okay, I'm going to follow this path and follow that person because if they can do it, I can do it sort of thing but you know I, I love I love the fact that you did it but I think about people 
and like people naturally set themselves into I'm going to retire at 65 or 67 they don't actually try to kind of really pump forward you know when you talk about like what the good thing about setting unrealistic goals I didn't know I was doing this to myself by the way but what Mm. you do is you set you really set yourself an unrealistic goal like set like retirement 30 you miss it and you hit 35 I yeah. still fucking won, didn't I? Yeah, I missed exactly. my target. So that's the thing. Uh, what you do is you set yourself a goal of like, oh, I want to run like, I don't know, 10 miles in fucking 10 minutes, uh, whatever. You can't do it, but you do it in 15. You're like, that's still fucking good though, isn't it? Yeah. That's that's the whole thing. Set yourself, set yourself yeah, it's, up. It's time time. to start the target. I think 40 is a bit too close to say 40 for me. Yeah, start setting it. Yeah, because then even if you miss it, you still win. I think I've spoke to you guys about this before, though, uh, in terms of like, I've got it on my board talking of these timescales and I'm on uh, 38 months. And at 38 months, I should be at a point where I am comfortable to not necessarily retire, but I can tap out if I want to. What's that, three years away? Yeah, yeah. Uh, of, of what I'm currently doing and that's based on you know shares that have come in bitcoin etc in terms of uh, I think it will align to the next halving as well in uh, 2024 what, what, what prediction have you got down for your bitcoin returns on that uh, do you know what it, it's I haven't even put a, a value on it it's just more uh, a sense of comfort and peace uh-huh. Uh, and again, you, you just, always... is it based on basically your your guaranteed incomes? Correct. So if yeah. Bitcoin ends up just one hundred xing tomorrow, you're like, oh, right, I'm retired now. Correct. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm retired now. And, and, sure and that. Can... if Bitcoin one hundred xes, what's the price now? It'd be three million, I think. I never look. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. It's um, it, I I did that in dollars, three million dollars, but like twenty three, twenty three, two point three million pounds. Oh yeah, I, I think um, I think I'm hoping that all of us would be retired if that happened. Yeah, and I would I would generally just be like this to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you toxic Bitcoin maximalist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I fucking told you when they're like, "Oh, you're so lucky." I fucking told you. I told you <laughs> yeah. repeatedly to read about it. I gave you the pointers where to look. I told you either Apple book. You didn't do either. Tough fucking look. I can't wait to be in that position and, and equally as well it's to say go and watch this back a couple hundred times as well go and watch episode one to whatever episode that we're on and we've been telling you for so long it's there in digital format not just for us to kind of say are you sure well no I should but, but you will you will get the are you so lucky you're so lucky you pick you you know you just threw your money into bitcoin it's just like I didn't. I'm the tightest <laughs> motherfucker ever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I spent time reading and researching, and yeah. I had, had I put my money into me, which I believed in. I know. I love the timing of one of my Bitcoin articles. I think I randomly decided to write starting Bitcoin articles on LinkedIn in March 2020. I don't know why I started oh, that, that day, but I think beautiful. it was nearly the bottom of the bear market. So I, I literally put my price targets all in there. I didn't want to do a price thing or my app talk, purposely does not talk about price. So but you know what? The LinkedIn crowd, they can have some price. I'm going to write one article and then never talk about it again. I just went, the price is about $5,000 today. 
I reckon in a year's time, it's going to hit about 50,000. And in five years, it's going to be 250,000. And it's like, target one just hit. <laughs> and, and I can reference it for every other day. I told you. And yeah. I put it out publicly. I explained it as clearly as I can, as short as I can. It's like a thousand words. If that it should take you five minutes to read it, boom, it's just right there. And I can reference that for every other day. And I put it out public. So it's no one's got any excuse. I told you so, ever. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's only a couple of weeks ago that I was looking at it as well. And yeah, it's, it's perfect that it's out there. And it's funny, actually, you mentioned about... so. Uh, I'm sure you won't watch this, but uh, my next door neighbor messaged me about my car today. And I'm just like, like, dude, I, I'm not even thinking about changing my car right now. Oh, he's putting he's the, thinking, the peer pressure to upgrade your car, was he? Oh, he's thinking about getting the same car. Uh, or uh, And I was just like, go for it. You know, I'm really not. That so, that when, so, when you, what, so when are you going to buy your next car, Donna? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I've actually, it's interesting you talk about this because we're related to a, uh, like the other half's uncle owns a supercar garage, which a lot of the premiership football. You tried to bait me into that place. Yeah, no. <laughs> I had to it. say no because I can't, I don't trust myself in there. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll give a shout out to Van Vuren and, uh, and like basically they, yeah, you name it, they've got it from Ferraris to Lamborghinis uh, and everything else. And ultimately, uh, he, I rang him the other week because I thought that one of my cars were up to, uh, to swap. And he was just like, no, you've got another year on it. But by the way, you've got money and equity in the car because based on the fact that you've not driven it for a year, the, the mileage is low and that particular model has gone up in value as well. So it's quite sought after. Which I've, I've, is heard rare... that, I've heard that used cars have gone up now. Yeah. During the pandemic, yes. everyone wants used cars for some bizarre reason. No, it's yeah. because everyone was fucking bored to want to spend their money on something. So houses, cars, dogs, cats, bikes, hmm. so bicycles as well. Like literally everyone just were bored and went, I'll buy this. It's just like, but what... you're going to be full of regret on this. But why did they buy used cars, not new cars? Why has there been such a avalanche of people buying used yeah. cars? I really don't know the answer. Again, comments below. But used cars are like, yeah. I saw I saw a meme on on Twitter saying once you drive the car off the forecourt, it goes up by ten percent because it's like <laughs> the market's upside down. Like it used to be, it goes down. It's like yeah. no, no. Everyone wants a used car. They're really yeah. keen on the used car thing right now. I'm yeah. like. What the fuck's going on? The world really has lost its brain. Maybe because the used, so the new car is still at like a much higher value each each month in terms of your your monthly, and so maybe the used car people have actually cottoned on to the fact that yeah, it's not the latest and greatest, but I'll be paying a lot less for it. So, um, but they've probably bumps that price up a little bit more as well yeah the, the fact it, that the but it, but it looked like people were buying the same car it's like, like a new one i don't know it's 10 grand and yeah. the, the used one a year old with ten thousand miles on it was 11 grand yeah it's like wow. people are clearly think they've they, they had they've closed their brain they think new cars are more expensive they've just mm. stopped looking at new and they've gone they've all gone to used 
and it's actually pumped the price of used above new. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's just, you know, wisdom of the crowds? Nah, it's not a thing. Stupidity of the crowds, that's the thing. Um, but yeah, I was just like, dude, you should be talking to me about like property and how we actually, you know, put money into assets and it's just unfortunately again maybe because we're in this place in this position but a hot tub which is a liability is talking about like um your new car and i'm like like stop stop you're just falling into the the trap of like just being wrapped up in all of this i'm trying to get out like and it's great to watch you but please stop well, that's the thing. I, I always think, like, I believe in the sovereign, the sovereign individual. Like, everyone can do what they want. So if you yeah. want to do that, you know, like, just all I'd say to him is, do you know what you're doing? Like, you're, you're going to be working to your 65 if this is how you want to play it. Or you can just hold back on a couple of these things, invest it, and that hot tub could be five years of your life back. You can now retire at 60 because you didn't have the hot tub. And do, do another, then don't get that car just yet. Now you're 55. So how old are you, mate? Oh, you're 40. Right, well, before you know it, you can have all this money. You're 45, you're out the game. And now you can have the hot tub. You can upgrade the car. You can do all that because all that money has 10 or 15, 20 X. And now you have the loose cash to do all the things you wanted to do. But now it isn't your entire savings. Like it's like, oh, I've got 3 K in the account. Bang, hot tub. There you go. That's gone now. No, yeah. turn the 3K into 30 and take the three out and buy the hot tub. That's that's the trick. And if you want to yeah. do it, it's a bit of hard work. You have to wait a bit as well. That's the problem. You have to wait for the 10X. So this is the time preference thing, isn't it? Like once you get it in your mm. head, hot tub, hot tub, hot tub. Most people, by the weekend, the hot tub's sat outside. It's either on the credit card or it's nailed your savings. If you want to play the long game, you might have to wait three, five years for the hot tub to turn up. But you also have 97 grand sat in investment alongside the hot tub. And you're like, what would you rather have? That's the, that's the thing. Cause yeah. that 97 grand is, you know, taking the average wage five years of your life that you don't have to work. Yeah. So it's your choice, it's your choice. Uh, I did a quick uh, Google search. Actually, if you're earning above the 80 K mark, then you're only top 5% of UK earners. Oh, 80k was that? 80k, yeah. So, um, but of course, it doesn't need to come from a single source. It can come from various sort of multiple sources, and uh, no, there is. Yeah, I would definitely recommend doing that rather than just that one source and thinking outside of the box, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there's so many great part-time jobs now. I wish if all these like gig economy stuff, like the Deliveroo and the Uber Eats mm -hmm. and and the, the Uber driving, if that was around when I was 17, 18, and when I was at um, uh, university, I'd be doing all that shit. Back then, back when we were doing this, like when you sign up for a part-time job, straight away, they want to go, how many hours are you doing? And you're like, I don't know, a couple of evenings? They're like, no, minimum 30 hours. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. It's like three evenings and a weekend. And you had to be in those exact hours. If you were late, you get fired. It's so much easier with the apps now. Like you literally decide your own hours. If you're tired tonight, you just sag it, sack it off and you don't switch yeah. the app on. Like, but then tomorrow you feel refreshed. You're like, you fire the app on, you do two hours work, you switch the app off and you go home. Or yeah. work all night, do a six hour shift. Who, it's, 
there's literally there's no excuse. Like, just get off your ass and go earn some money. Yeah. 100%. But uh, do you want to finish up on Shitcoin Corner? Oh, <laughs> it's a bit of a random one. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of this. It's just no, neither have I. It was an ad. Well, covered everything already. Wow. It literally is yeah. one of the shittest shit coins which I've ever heard of. It's, it's you basically get a card like this. It just made me think: is this kind of shit which we used to get when we were like kids? No, Did you own like, it Mars. This is you. you yeah, but you don't. Mars, the planet. <laughs> You don't own it. Well, okay, it's a digital planet on a website, but it's it's still Mars. No, okay, it's not Mars. Yeah, you're right. It's basically <laughs> like it's basically like I don't know if you play with nature cards, nature top trumps or something. You got all these blippy cards, and I'm just like kind of going, what kind of fucking idiot buys this? It's like they are looking at you, and you and you, if you buy this, and it's going, you're a fucking idiot. You'll buy anything. It's like if you bought that doink. <laughs> oh yeah. I've already forgotten the name. Doink Doink or something. Dink Doink. Card Dano, Stella, whatever it's called, Lumens. Any of these, if you bought them, you're a fucking idiot. If you buy this, you're even bigger idiot. Yeah. I I think the website is great. They've spent a lot of money on their website. It's really like 3D, it's graphics. And essentially what it is, it's the whole Mars planet. And you can click on a bit and you can buy it via DeFi on PancakeSwap or PooSwap or something. And uh, you own a piece of Mars. It looks amazing when you first say it. And then straight away, like anyone that's critical thinking will go, do these guys own Mars? I didn't think anyone owned Mars yet. You click on their T's and C's and it goes, this is just a digital representation of Mars. And even then, you the piece of Mars that you buy has no intrinsic value. And it's like, oh my God, even the piece of shit digital art you're selling me, you're even admitting it's worthless. It's, It's just genius. I just love it. And then yeah. um, it reminds me, like, some people in work were um, playing some game where you could buy places on in this fake world. Oh, so, like, yeah. uh, Second Life, yeah. Go. Second Life. What, it was last year, some point, and they told me they'd done this. I'm like, my response was, like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, why would you possibly do that? You just, oh, it's gone up in value. I'm like, great, sell it. <laughs> like, before everyone sells, like, it just boggles, like, literally, they've set up this kind of environment for a bunch of absolute fucking morons, and you're there. What's that say about you? Yeah. <laughs> you know they're sat there going, home. keep your internet, magic internet money then, Ross. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, ha- have fun staying poor. <laughs> um, what do you think, uh, just thinking about that as well, would be... I mean, guys, you've got the article, which is fantastic. And we also collectively have these uh, podcasts together. And I've shared it again with a couple of people. But what is the biggest fuck you to everybody else uh, about we've been telling you about these things? We've been giving you Shitcoin Corner. And Shitcoin Corner is there to highlight the fact stay away from it, not to get into it. <laughs> you know, let, let's just put that disclaimer out. But what else is out there to kind of warn people or tell people, you know, without being too preachy, dig a little bit deeper. You know, we always talk about uh, verify, don't trust. But, you know, what else can we kind of give everybody? As, uh, you know, we, we, we tried to tell you so. <laughs> It's really tough. It, it's all about, it all depends what you're investing in because 
it's like when you go to the stock market, if you want the highest gains in the shortest period of time, you go to the penny stocks and essentially you're just gambling on random tiny companies. Most of them go to zero, but occasionally a couple of them, they moon, they go to up 10,000 X and yeah, and it can make you a millionaire off a thousand pound investment. But then the, 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 like the further up the chain you get, the less gains you can get potentially, uh, but the more sound the investment is. Mm. And in Bitcoin land, it's even more different because fundamentally there's only one asset. Because essentially what you're investing in here, just as Lynn said on her talk today, Bitcoin is the internet. It's the protocol. It's like the USB. There is no competition. There only needs to be one. Lots of different copycats have come out and they're trying to attract you with we're faster, we're stronger, we've got memes, we've got smart contracts, <laughs> whatever it might be. But all these things come and go. So if you want to get in, try and pump them and, and get more sats at the end of it, then, then, then good luck. But fundamentally, Bitcoin is going to be the only thing standing in 10 years in the whole crypto space. So mm-hmm. if you genuinely want to divest and you think you can outperform Bitcoin, which I think Bitcoin's going from this to millions of dollars per Bitcoin, then good luck. I would, would not recommend doing it in shit coins. I would recommend going to the stock market where at least there's some form of checks. Because at least if to be at least to be listed on the stock market, the company needs to be legit. And if the directors will run off of the money, there's consequences. In shitcoin land on MarsGenesis.com, when they run off of all the money and the website disappears, you know, and my favorite one ever, my favorite exit scam in shitcoin land ever was I can't remember what the coin was called, but they it's raised Tron. No, not Tron. That's still going. Looking just in Titan, was it? Oh, Titan. That that was a that good one. Was, yeah. That's yeah. the one that dumped by 99.9% in one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, the favorite exit exam ever. They had a website similar to Mars Genesis, really complex website. They raised like 20 million. Overnight, the website disappeared and it just said penis in the corner. It was just so beautiful. So much, it just showed their utter contempt for everyone that invested in their project. And I'm like, that's it. That's shit coins in a nutshell. One day they will change the homepage to penis. That's how much they give a shit about you. So if you want to invest in it, fucking good luck. <laughs> oh, gosh. What a way to end. <laughs> Yeah, fellow plebs, if you want to hear us, then, (laughs) yeah, tune in.